1: Here's the 111 thing again, my sober date. All this starts, starts around when I got clean and at the end of 2018 and the beginning of 2019, my sober date is 11-11. So everything started right then. Um, when I got back to Tucson, I knew I had to make a concerted effort to meditate every day. It was like one of my things, right? So I started meditating under this tree that just so happened to have this family of owls in it. And these guys, I I think you know this story, these guys like kind of have adopted me. I've been around them every morning, meditating with them for three years now, and almost every morning. And they've kind of become part of the flock, you know, part of the parliament. Like I'm just like a fixture, so much so that I've documented several clutches of babies
0: welcome to the one-on-one podcast with your host Juan Ayala
2: Welcome back to another episode of The One On The Podcast. I'm all owled out, and I'm here with Gordy. You, you like Gordon or Gordy, bro?
1: Um, I've been going by Gordy for long enough. There's enough Gordons in the community that they get a little confusing. And so I think so I'm Gordy. the only one that spells it with a Y, so yeah. Like the Gordy two-shoes thing kind of stuck. <clears throat> I don't know if it's it's really sticking, but been <laughs> been using it long enough
2: well Gordy and welcome to episode 111 if you haven't already gotten your copy of occultist Monday my new monthly zine pick that up description the link in the description below It is a new thing I'm doing monthly with esoteric and occult articles written by fellow podcasters paranoid America mystic Mark homie Romy and Gordy if you want to contribute. Feel free to sure. submit an article that is, because I know you have a lot of interesting things to to say. And today, got the owls. I have a weird synchro with this shirt that I'm gonna that I'm gonna tell you. Because as of lately, I do. I had in less than twenty four hours, and this whole synchro mysticism stuff, right? It's it's whatever you want to make of it, but in less than twenty four hours, the other day, I had two people. Text me or message me at eleven eleven. Once in the morning at eleven eleven, and then once at night at eleven eleven. What are the chances that I get two messages, both twelve hours exactly twelve hours apart at eleven eleven? So it's gotta mean something. So that's why this is episode one eleven, and here we are. The weird syncro I had with this shirt I was telling you was. This is a company, they don't sponsor their podcast, so fuck them. But Samsara (laughs) is a GPS tracking uh, service that I use, right? It's weird, right? It's a a little owl and then Samsara. What's the owl got to do with Samsara? So we know Samsara's reincarnation, all this stuff. And the owl, Mm -hmm. maybe because they can see 360 degrees. I don't know. But one day I kept getting... Nowadays we have on our phones, on our black mirrors, we have... It tells us if it's a spam call or the 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 potential for it being a spam call. So in the morning, I'm getting ready, and I, my phone's getting getting blown up. Call after call, it's like a one eight hundred number. I'm like, man, what the fuck do you want? One eight hundred number? Like the first time that I that I ever denied the call, why do you keep calling? So as I'm putting this shirt on, i pissed off. I put the shirt on. I answer the phone. I'm like, hello. It turns out it was a guy from the same company of the shirt that I'm putting on asking me something about my account, uh, wanting to upgrade that there was some special if I wanted to get more cameras, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, I told the guy in the phone, I'm like, dude, I literally just put on your shirt. <laughs> I literally just put your shirt on for your company. And you're calling me asking me about upgrading and They had a special or something like that. And it was the weirdest thing. Right, like, what are the chances? As I don't even know who it is, dude. I don't. It's a one eight hundred number. It's their customer service. What the fuck do you? Want? Hello. Ah, yes, from Samsung. I'm like, dude. I don't have. I, it was too early, and I was like, I don't have time wow. for this show. Like, this is too synchronistic right now.
1: I was freaked out. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Like, uh, that's that's the thing. Is sometimes it's kind of taken out of your hands. Sometimes, like the the synchronistic thing is too. It's too overarching. Too mm-hmm. It's and we we think of it as woo, so we've separated it in our brain, right? That it's not part of the natural world. Where that that is actually one hundred percent part of the natural world. The first thing I did this morning, I showed you was mm-hmm. I took a shot of that because every once in a while I'll just think about you know when I'm looking at it, you know I'll just do a click uh, and uh, save my times or what's going on. Right. At certain times, like when I'll think of, think about it, like something, something tells me, you know, something's happening, click. And I, and I do a screenshot. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have ridiculous amounts of, of angel numbers and just stuff like, and certain people that would call at the right time, you know, and it's just, it, when I say it's taken out of your hands it's like sources smacking us up the up against the head going pay fucking attention man like look at what's happening around you it's way more than just what you think is is happening like I I think this is this is my story of the owls um
2: You want to plug your social media before we get into it cuz I know I kind of just ran right into this thing give you a chance to
1: Well you know how I do man we, we just Hit the ground running every single time, man. I don't, we don't stop. This is this is how it it all works. I am Gordy Gordy underscore T-W-O underscore shoes on Instagram. If you want to go on there now and start looking at some owl pictures, I'll be talking about those guys a lot. Um, on Gordy Two Shoes um, uh, YouTube channel, um, but most of my stuff is on. Uh, Instagram and I have a tele telegram groups and stuff like that. But, I'll
2: leave that, uh, uh, the, the links in the description, the show notes. So I'll continue with the with the I obviously want to talk to you about the owls today. And I was telling you that I read that oh, I didn't read. I watched an interview on a podcast that I listened to of that particular guy because he was I had I had listened to that podcast episode, that interview months ago. And last night I was doing a podcast and Mark brought it up about the the book that the guy wrote which i Mm -hmm. didn't know that he had written a book because i had started the podcast didn't finish it and i just googled i youtubed his name because i knew we were going to be on today i want to just get get some context and his interview came up which i had started but i never finished and so here we are and yeah you can tell us about your experience with the owls because i've had experiences with owls as well that i want to talk about
1: so okay here's the one eleven thing again, my sober date every all this starts starts around when I got uh, clean and at the end of twenty eighteen and beginning of twenty nineteen, my sober date is 11-11. so everything started right then um, when I got back to Tucson, I knew I had to make a concerted effort to meditate every day. It was like one of my things, right? So I started meditating under this tree that just so happened to have this family of owls in it. And these guys, I I think you know this story. These guys like kind of have adopted me. I've been around them every morning, meditating with them for three years now and almost every morning. And they've kind of become part of the flock, you know, part of the parliament, like I'm just like a fixture so much so that I've documented like uh, several uh, clutches of babies and they allow me to put a a camera at their nest and move it every day. Uh, So there was a lot of trust there. And one of the things that happened with that was when I started sharing all my, my interactions with the owls, people started being like, hey, man, uh, did you have? Well, I, actually, I, I should just clarify this is really just one event that somebody messaged me on, on social media, and it was really only, I assumed it was Lindsay Sharman, because she's the only one I was really talking to about weird stuff like that, you know, and the woo about it. And um, I got this message, and I thought it was her, uh, but somebody said, uh, "Hey, do you think all this has been a?" Uh, or the first, they asked if I had been through some sort of trauma or life change recently, and I'm like, "Okay, uh, why?" And they they said, "Well, maybe this is a shamanic initiation. Have you thought about that?" And It kind of wigged me out and because it had that, you know, when you have that ring of truth, you hear something that's like true in your soul kind of thing. And honestly, I didn't check to see who it was that messaged me that. And it was quick and it freaked me out. And I went back to find out who it was. I asked Lindsay if it was her. She said, she said it wasn't. And it was, wasn't anybody else I could have thought of. So, and I had been having this, you know, this deep connection with the owls that, that were having these uh, really mind blowing experiences with them, you know, like trippy experiences, like meditating, like in the, and feeling the oneness, like a DMT kind of uh, trip kind of thing. Cause I was doing a little uh, fasting and meditation at the same time and, and starting to get into um, walking meditations and stuff like that. So I'd had some like pretty trippy experiences at, by that point in a very short amount of time. And, um, and it was all went after getting clean, like everything just like opened the fuck up. Right. And I could not ignore the magic like it's acknowledging it. That's what I'm experiencing has got to be, is some sort of natural magic that has been calling out to me. So I better start, you know, making a serious effort of this, like taking this stuff seriously. So I don't, if, if I take one, one label, it's going to be mystic. I'm okay with that one. Cause it's, that's the mystery, you
2: know. Mm-hmm. Makes me think of Elias Artista, which is this. I'm trying to turn on the light under here. I'm sorry, I'm trying to. Elias Artista is this alchemical concept, Paracelsian concept, that mm-hmm. it's this figure that, and I'm, as I'm saying this, it's it's thundering outside. There's this, it's this figure that he visits you when you've when you've become ready, and all the alchemists of all time, the greatest ones at least, have been visited by this figure, and how you're saying you're trying to figure out who it was that wrote to you, well, you don't know, and it just he appears and kind of gives you like a good job, like a nod, mm-hmm. and he just pieces out it's almost like a Maybe the owl is this, right? It's this figure, this this high, this psycho pump that guides, yeah. you know, I mean? it guides right. your soul, like, hey, I'm here, it's all good, you're on the right path. That's the way I take synchronicities. Whenever I have a deja vu or a synchronicity, I take it as I'm on the right timeline right now. Even though this may suck, you know, you go through all these different aspects of life. Even though this part of life is sucking a little bit, when I have a synchro, I know I'm on the right path. So it, I need to go through this, whatever it may be in life, financial hardship or or whatever, whatever aspect of life, because some we know that life isn't great all the time. It, it it goes up. It goes up and down, up ebbs and flows. But when I have a synchro and I'm feeling lost, that synchro is like, OK, hey. And it might be God, bro. I think God is a universe. I think that gut feeling that you get is God trying to talk to you. I don't think it's this person, this (laughs) Saturnian concept, which I've heard it put, of this old man, Father Time in Sky, in the sky sitting there watching over you. I don't think it's that. I think that's been adopted in order to androgynize, if you will, this, this anthropomorphic, concept of God to put a face to it like hey it's a man or well, is it a man or is it feminine what what's going on you know what I mean like they they, they pollute our minds with these sort of things and so maybe the the owl these owls that have accepted you because I've seen your videos and your pictures and all this stuff and that's pretty trippy that they like so you literally put a physical camera in front of their nest <laughs> right
1: Yeah. Some of, some of those shots are just me holding the camera right up there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like just holding my phone underneath the, uh, up to the nest. Wow. So it's, it's crazy. She, uh, Gwen, it was an exercise in. uh, Ah, man, it's so many lessons. Uh, You know, one of the first immediate lessons I think I, I took from, At least the beginning of that experience is just like that surrender that you, you know, you're talking about uh, God and experiencing God. Um, I was really, you know, at that time, you know, I felt 100% lost in my own abilities to take care of myself and just, you know, not that I was completely rudderless, but You know, you're just coming back from rock bottom, right? So you're starting over from fuck nothing. And you're starting over from scratch. And I think, you know, everybody's kind of had to do that at some point or another. We've all had our, you know, whatevers that have taught us the biggest lessons, but that but having them stare at you while you're while you're trying to meditate forced me to get to this. Feeling of surrender, like whatever happens, idea that I'm okay with whatever source you have for me right now is if this thing's gonna fly down and chew my eyeballs out, I guess I'm okay with that. You know, I'm just gonna be chill and be open to oneness. And that's the thing, it's just connected with oneness like that
2: it's funny you put it that way experiencing god through through time you could put it that way that's what synchros are to me and the idea that that owls might be some sort of messengers and that they could see through the fabric of that they can see interdimensionally because when you when you look at an owl it's it's mystical, right? And and I'll hear I I i wrote to you a few times where I will hear an owl outside my window. Yeah, dude. Do. I don't always hear him, but I'll hear him every now and again, and I'll be like, What I'll tell my wife there's an owl outside her window. And he'll, you know, he'll be going on. And one time, dude, I was out hunting with a buddy of mine, and it's pitch black. We're on the Florida swamps, and I hear, I hear the craziest noise. Like, like I thought I was a skinwalker, bro. I thought I was a skinwalker, and I look over at my buddy, <laughs> and I'm freaked out. And it was like, like some crazy thing. My buddy looks over at me, and goes, "Oh, those are just owls." Go, Holy shit, man! If I was by myself, because he goes out there by himself all the time. If if I would have been out here by myself, I would have booked it because it was that scary. But it was, I guess, owls fighting back and forth with one another or something. And the guy, the the Mike Cleland guy, he talks about how people who experience owls, and I know you you were kind of talking about it at the beginning before we started recording, how you think otherwise, but people associate the owl with the abductions and the aliens. And I've also I tried to look for the picture, but I saw a picture one time where it was an alien gray and like the fetal position like this sitting down and it was they put next to like a picture of an owl and, and, and
1: it looks it, like an owl
2: insinuating that it's that, that, that the owl is the gray, you know, crunched over or whatever. Right. Why, why, when you brought it up, you were like, ah, like kind of, you sounded kind of annoyed with that concept. <laughs> <laughs> you're,
1: uh, you're right. I am annoyed. Like it annoys me that because like people want so hard to believe in something, something, else like something's gonna out there is gonna save them nobody's gonna come save you you got to save yourself i think that's what why people are so hot on this i mean people are so like jizzing their pants over every alien thing and i'm seeing them dude i've i have video footage of of ufos in my backyard like from my backyard And uh, I see them. They're happening all the time. It's not the same thing. It is not, it's not necessarily the same thing. There's, there's, there are whatever this alien thing is, which uh, personally I I think is more of a spiritual being, a spiritual uh, connection. And then there's the things in the sky. And then there's other things like my labs, which are, fake abductions, which happen a lot more often um, by our own. You said my labs, my labs. Are you familiar with my labs?
2: No, this is a new concept to me. It's like okay. an artificial
1: abduction. Yeah. Like a, our military abductions.
0: Really? Military
1: abducting our, our own people and implanting them. Now. I've never that... heard of this before that story of saying keeping that in the the zeitgeist keeping that in people's minds that aliens are the ones doing the abductions and they're the ones at fault for everything or whatever um, is a good cover story it's an excellent cover story for the military just coming in and swooping in and doing their shit with people that they do and leaving and people going, oh, my God, it's alien!" It,
2: well, it goes back to what I was talking about. The idea of God being this anthropomorphic being, this old man in the sky where they've adopted that idea. They've implemented it into people's minds since the beginning of the church. I mean, they, there's yeah. been schisms in the church, bro, of which bread they wanted to use for the Eucharist. There have been wars fought over which type of bread they were going to use in... Understand that for one second. Wars over bread. And this is mm-hmm. history. You can look this shit up. Over which type of bread they were going to use in the... These are the people dictating whether what happens to you in the afterlife or whatever it is. And don't get me so, yeah. wrong. I think that religion is, plays an important role in certain people because some people, how you said, they feel helpless they need some sort of of guidance in their life, which cool. If you can use religion, if used correctly, I think it, it's a great tool in order for you to be able to advance through life. Because some people need guidance, some people need structure, some people need some sort of authority, and as long as it helps you become a better person, so be it. Right, as long as you don't hurt yourself or others, if you worship Cthulhu for all I care, then that you know that, that's on you. But are you saying taking this idea and implementing in our minds all oh, is the aliens i've heard that Ro- roswell was a crash that involved children in some vessel and that's why they made it seem like oh it was an alien crash and clean it up clean it up let's go let's go because what better thing to be like hey it was an alien crash versus hey look at these kids that we were testing this spaceship or space shuttle with crash died you know what i mean it's like What do you Mm -hmm. want to hear about? Like, oh, right, eh, the aliens. I don't really care. What's
1: easier for you to get to (laughs) understand? How how can I dumb this down for you? Enough. And this is this is what has been happening for since time immemorial. Every everybody like you do. We do this with our kids, you know. Like, okay, well, it's it's because I said so, you know. It's it's Santa Claus, whatever. It's it's just Santa or whatever, you know. Making it easy for the kid or just, or to make it magical for them, you know, give them a sense of wonder. It is fun to see your kids, you know, open up Christmas presents and think it's magic that came from Santa Claus came from this magic dude, which, you know, like, I don't know who really is still on that train. Cause my my daughter was, was not, She's not stupid. She picked that stuff up right away. She was just like, "Santa Claus, that's stupid, Dad." <laughs> I'm like, all right, I guess we're not trying this.
2: Well, my kid asked me the other day. He's four years old. He said, he asked me if we could take if we could take over the world, and <laughs> and then I was like, said, yeah. I told him I said we can't take over the world. And he asked me why can't we, and I told him. Because God made the world for everybody. <laughs> because you can't just take what's everyone's. Where all the borders on the map that we've put there, those are just simulacra mm. that we put there. Animals don't give a shit about your borders. You think birds are not flying over the, the border in Mexico or something? Because, oh, there's a border. No, they don't give a shit about that. They just fly
1: over. It's nature. Natural law, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the food, the shitty food we're eating, you know? All this processed garbage has made us fucking weak. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, people can't think their way out of a wet paper bag because they I mean, they can't. We don't even have enough fats in our brain to keep our brain functioning.
2: You're the second person to tell me that today, that they want to put us on low-fat foods because of that, because it'll hinder our, our ability to think. The brain needs fat to function what better way to dump people down than by putting fluoride in the toothpaste? Dude, I I recently... Mm-hmm. So when I don't drink spring water, I was drinking filtered water from my fridge. And I had a friend of mine write to me and she sent me this link to look at what was in the water in your area. You put in your zip code and it tells you what's in your water in the area. And sure enough, I looked at what was in my water in my area. There's fertilizer. There's all types of fucking chemicals, all fluoride, all in acceptable amounts. I said, when is it acceptable at all to have fertilizer and X, Y, Z of chemical in somebody's drinking water? And when you look up every single chemical in high quantities, it was psychological problems, neurological problems and that from there's I have now have a reverse osmosis machine that distilled water is king. But the problem with distilled water is you don't have the minerals in it. So you have to add the minerals. So I got a reverse osmosis, which reverse osmosis takes away just about all the impurities. Because when you would look up how to take out the impurities that were in the water presently through filtered, it it only takes away certain amounts. Right. And then you have to go deeper than then filtered, you have to go reverse osmosis or distilled and so on and so forth. So as soon as I saw that, bro, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to bite the bullet. I bought a reverse osmosis machine and I've been drinking that. It You taste the difference, dude. It's water, mm-hmm. but yeah. you taste it. You take the water that you that you bathe with. You can smell the chemical. I don't know about you, but I can smell the chemicals oh, yeah. that the city puts in it. Mm-hmm. You know smells what I like,
1: mean? Smells like a pool. Yes. I fill up my bat- bathtub, it smells like... You can smell the chlorine coming off it.
2: I switch... Yeah, for sure. I switch, as of recently, the only thing left is to put, like, a filtering system in my house. But, obviously, that takes up space. It's like five grand or something like that, which is not a lot of money. But, but well, to some people it is. But I have to call to get it put on. And the next thing would be... Because I've switched my toothpaste. I've switched my body wash. I've switched everything except the water system in in the actual, like a water softener or something uh, to be able to put that. And as of recently, dude, I've, I've also been sober for like a month back to the point to where, and I only smoke weed uh, back to the point where I'm dreaming again. And Mm. when I would smoke a lot, I would lose my dreams. My dreams wouldn't be there. And I couldn't remember my dreams. And, I've been sober enough to where my dreams have come back and I was reading something the other day where dreams have been used as a form of divination for centuries, Absolutely. for thousands of years. And my best ideas come to me in dreams. And as of recently, I did this, this, I don't know what, where, how I came across it. I, I think I know where I came across it, but I don't know where it comes from, but it's, it's going to sound really weird. And they call it the skull fuck method. And it's this thing where you... And Homie Romy told me it was from yoga. I had another friend tell me it was, it's Freemasonic. But essentially, this is going to sound really weird. You lay down and you assume the dead man pose where you just lay on your back and you have your hands in front of you. You're laying in bed. <laughs> and you picture a huge dick... Right <laughs> stick with me <laughs> stick with me, you I'm with you, Holmes. you, I'm with pi- you. Home you picture a huge ethereal blue dick coming up from your from from your legs from the bottom soles of your feet, all the way up slowly, coming through your feet through your legs, and as it's coming up, it's illuminating everything up all the way through your knees, through your legs, all through your entire body. And it's this blue ethereal dick and it's lighting up your entire body as it's coming up. And it's going to insert into the orifice, the bottom of your skull. Right? And by the time I'm there, I forget and I I fall asleep. Now, the point of this is that you're able to recall your dreams up to a 95% retention. And dude, I will shit you not if I can remember my fucking dream from the time that it starts... To the time that it finishes, I can recall my entire dream. Something that I've never been able to do. Because, again, because of the marijuana, it inhibits. Some people say they can dream. Some people say they can dream on marijuana. Cool. More power, too. I can't. I can't remember anything. And I went for probably a year without dreaming. until just recently, I was like, you know what? I don't feel like getting high. So I haven't. And it got to the point where my dreams came back, and I'd been doing that method, dude. And I can remember my dreams. It's the craziest shit, it, to the T like my cousin was there. We were doing this, this, and this. There were androids. There was one where there was a bigfoot. Call. There was a bigfoot in the dream, and I was talking about the bigfoot. And I remember the people that in the in the dream, they overheard me talking about bigfoot. And then Bigfoot came into like we were out in these benches sitting down. And I remember saying when I heard the Bigfoot calling and everybody started running, I go, this is why people need to mind their own fucking business. Because <laughs> they were overhearing me talk to my cousin yeah. about a Bigfoot and we were on these benches. And as soon as it came, I'm like, this is why people need to fucking mind their own business. Because you summon the Bigfoot by, by, you know, like this collective con. I don't know. it was something weird, bro. But I remember all that.
1: But you're starting to remember your dreams, which is which is the next step to controlling them.
2: Well, that's the next step dreaming. Yeah, that's the next step. I haven't I had a waking dream. Not too long ago where it tripped me the fuck out, dude. It was the trippiest thing where. I woke up, I sat on the corner of the bed. And I remember my I remember my feet being planted on the side of, you know, in my rug on the side of my bed. And I don't know what I did. I like put my head down. And then I remember, and I was laying back down again, dude. And I got freaked out because I said, I just woke, I just woke up. I was just up. But then here I am laying back down again. The craziest, craziest thing. I had never experienced anything like that
1: before. Do you think maybe you were doing both of those things at the same time? Like your astral body was doing one thing and your other body, your material body was doing another.
2: Yeah. I think that's what happened. I think I was still laying down physically in my light body or whatever it was. I decided to get up before my other body. Cause I remember dude, I remember sitting down, looking down, you know, typical morning for me. I wake up, I sit down first to collect my thoughts. And then I just Blacked out or something, and then I was laying back down, and I was like, "There's no fucking way. <laughs> There's no way." I just remember just standing up. Is the crate is the trippiest thing? I can't even describe it though. Like 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 it's 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 wild to me, and it's been since I've started doing this blue etheric dick thing. I don't know. It's really weird. <laughs>
1: Dude, keep going. Like I, I mean, you're on the right track. That's what all the a lot of this this stuff, these uh, books that I go through here. Let's see. Art the art and practice of astral projection by Ophiel. Like this is one of the uh, those uh <clears throat> books that supposedly the, so this cat, Ophiel, uh supposedly that's his spirit name. Yeah, I was gonna say is that a pseudonym? Like his, yeah, it's a pseudonym. It, it's they're supposedly channeled. So they're difficult to to get through because it's just somebody rambling, you know, like so it was. I think they were written by somebody else. You know, like some of his assistants were the ones that mm. were kind of writing down what kind of like that whole. There were scribes. Casey, kind of, yeah, yeah, like the Edgar Casey kind of thing. Like everybody was writing down what he, everything he said. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what that is. So it's like kind of a rambling mess. Have you heard but of um, of
2: Robert Monroe?
1: Mm-hmm. Let's see. Do I have Robert Monroe and the uh, the Gateway Experience? Mm, no. I th- yeah. His uh, his uh, test. The yeah. Robert Monroe, the, yeah. At you, Stanford, right? Do you have the tapes? Uh, do I? No. I'm gonna
2: send you the the program that you're supposed to do. It's it's bina- It uses binaural beats mm-hmm. and it's hemispheric hemispheric synchronization. It's supposed mm-hmm. to sink both sides of your brain. I'm going to send you, I have the tapes, the the exercises you're supposed to do. I haven't done them, but I'll send you that so you can have them and maybe try it out. But this idea of being able to control your dreams and astral project, that, that's something that I've, for the longest time, I would experience sleep paralysis. I, I haven't had it in a long time, sleep paralysis, but I would have the sleep paralysis minus the the entities because a lot of people have the sleep paralysis and they and they see the the shadow people.
1: Yeah. Okay. And to ask you that too. They
2: lay down and they'll see or they'll have somebody sitting on you know the old hag sitting on their chest. I I did I never experienced it like that except for one time which I was going to go to to Coral Castle. I don't know if you've ever heard of Coral Castle here in mm-hmm. Florida. I was going to yeah. go to Coral Castle that next the next day, and it's something. I'm, Something about me being towards the, uh, I believe it's the 29th parallel. That f- the, the energy is weird, bro. It's, it throws me off. I feel lazy, lethargic, just off. And that day, I remember having a sleep paralysis episode. And you know when things morph into other things when you're asleep at night and, and, and you're in a dark room? Well, I remember opening up my eyes for a split second. And there was a, a like what looked like a gray in front of me, like an alien gray, like a little ET, you know, ET from home, the, the, the universal like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember freaking out, taking myself out of the sleep paralysis, and it went away. It was, it was gone, just like that. So what does that mean? I don't know what it means, but I saw what looked, what I perceived as an alien gray for a split second, but again, I was in the mindset of seeing some freaky shit the next day, right? The Coral Castle. I was in that mindset. I'm always reading a weird book about something, like the other night.
1: Wait, are we, are we bringing it on ourselves by looking into <laughs> That's the void? Exactly. Because yeah. when you look into
2: the abyss, it looks starts looking back into you.
1: Looks back to you every single time. That's what Nietzsche said, right? And uh, so, I mean, it, it's happening. I mean, it's happened on it. We've had some behind the scenes, weird conversations with uh, Chance and Gabe, you know, when, when we prep the demystifiers, the marvelous demystifiers shows, like it's, it's starting to get creepy sometimes, like, cause we're, we're picking up on stuff. The writers are putting out there for us to see, and maybe we're the only ones seeing it and we're like oh shit they're looking at us to do this thing to see if we find this thing and we found it and we're telling them right now as as we were recording it you know that we found your thing and the loop starts back again so it's like we become part of the creation again right if we're in this natural loop we have to this is the role that we've chosen to play in it, you know. And it's kind of, and it goes back to that whole um, twin pillars being in the middle, middle path thing of not choosing one thing or or another, but letting source flow. Well, you know
2: what is behind the two pillars, <laughs> You got Jacob's ladder. So if you are not taking both you're taking away, you're picking away regardless. Right. Because if you don't go to the left, to the right, you're still going down the center and there's that it's third the harder work. There's that third pillar that's at the mm-hmm. center. That's offset it to the side with the, with the ladder. So I think that's a third way. I don't know if there is a way to, to, to avoid that because you can be how the song, you know, from the outside looking in, you know, the, and I can see it all. Right? Uh, what the fuck's the... Well, I know it from A Day to Remember, but the, the, that's a cover of a song. I think that's a cover of a song. But I think that's, it's got something to do with the with the observer effect. That mm-hmm. also plays a role in Tallis. And what you guys are saying about the demystifiers, I've been getting into some really fascinating research as of lately when it comes to architecture. And the architect as magician. But the... Mm -hmm. the process that an architect goes through is magical. And one of the things that blew my mind was, and that's what the whole Freemasons are about, encapsulating a higher level of consciousness, an interdimensional building within a building that only the initiate is able to see, to perceive, and they know how to enter that symbolic building that that is attached to the outer to the inner shell of the actual building and only the initiate is able to decipher where it is so by you guys watching these things and looking there is something when when an architect is laying out his plans and vitruvius talked about this when he's laying out his plans and he's drawing the sketch lines on this, on this grid, on this, the 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 plans for the building, and by doing that, that's divination in itself. An mm-hmm. architect is, is participating in divination oh, because
1: what Gabe Gabe is doing is total divination. I yeah, understand. yeah. His, his whiteboard, yeah. So so that
2: exactly the process is magical, and by mm-hmm. you embedding and using, so by using a system is also magic because you use a system that gives you a certain result, a certain consistency of results. So an architect uses AutoCAD. You know, I've I've used AutoCAD to lay out plans and all these things. So it it, it it's a magical because you get consistent results, which what's magic? Wanting to reproduce results over and over again in a controlled environment, a ceremony or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Right? So the point being that they're using these I, I I've done CAD, so uh, computer assisted design. you have what's called construction lines. Well when the when the architect is using his stylus, which is a wand, and putting these construction lines that are occulted lines because you can't see them in the final product, he is instilling a, a another level that is occulted from the finished product. By that I'm saying is, There are intentions being put into works, into art, into whatever it may be that are unknown in the final product except unless you're one of these initiates that knows about what lies, But if you're able to read behind the lines. And that's the whole thing with deoculting a lot of things. They may be sending messages to each other and if you're to the uninitiated they're just just gibberish but to the initiated it's an entire different language that's why they talk about the bible being an alchemical text if you're able to read it how it's supposed to be meant to be read
1: yeah like you are the christ and the alchemy is you yeah yeah, I get that. It's like the uh, the, mm-hmm. the chemical
2: wedding of Christian Rosen. This is the same, essentially all the same right. idea. The Gnostics talked about the bridal chamber. Well, mm-hmm. guess where those guys are now? They're six feet under because they all got killed. And why? Because they were speaking some sort of truth to be able to break free of the Matrix, whatever the fuck that is, whatever that may mean to you. The Gnosis, which that's what I love about it, because it's 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 a loaded term. It's whatever it is to you. It, maybe to Gordy, it was the owls. Maybe to me, it was 111. Maybe to somebody else, it was a dandelion on the ground. Who knows? Because it speaks to you. That's the whole thing. It's gnosis. Right. It's sacred to you. Because
1: it's your experience. Your experience and, yes. with the owls is your experience alone. Nobody else can touch that experience with anything.
2: It's femino- mm-hmm. femino- feminology. Hopefully I'm saying it right. So feminology is, is the experience being true to you because you're the one going through it. Mm-hmm. Nobody else can can take it away from you because you experienced it. So if you got abducted or you went through whatever, well, that's true to you. It's not true to anybody else. It's true to you. If you could prove it because you went through this, that phenomenon. Yeah,
1: exactly. I, you that, know that actually did happen to me and it didn't, you know, I, I don't have any proof other than, I mean, I could prove it. It'd be very drastic and dangerous, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. Once I, once I found my own truth and I I'm okay with whatever that truth is, like nobody could take it away from me. It's, it's real in my soul. And that's like, once you've put yourself through those emotionally dangerous, vulnerable, uh, I know, what would you call them? Fires, you know, baptisms of fire, you know, the, the hard experiences and you didn't, you didn't shy away from them and you, you dug deeper. That's what the, that's what alchemy is. It's the work. Like we keep using the stupid word alchemy, like willy nilly, like, talk, like you're talking about whatever it means to you. Sure. Whatever it means to you. But I mean, people use it all over the place. Like it's, it's like yoga. It doesn't have any meaning anymore. You know, it doesn't have any spiritual understanding. Um, and I think that's what all of them are missing. You know, all of the, the religions, the Freemasons, the, you know, anybody, the point is to get to get connected in our own soul with that source. However, you got to do it. And, and chances are that process is going to suck. But uh, it can be done and you can do it. And hopefully we teach our children better.
0: Mm-hmm. you mm-hmm.
1: know that we show our children that that uh you know change can happen you can a human can change yeah 100 mm-hmm. percent.
2: and that's the how you're saying alchemy i believe there's a the literal sense of the word and the the mystical interpretation where it's the rebirth right it's the the, I forgot how Paracelsus puts it either Paracelsus or those the most one one of those people but the actually it's it's in here I, I actually wrote about it so yeah, it's the resurrection it. it's, yeah it's about the well, let me see here I actually wrote about it. and that's what it is the, the uh, occultist Monday it's the hidden world right there's there's this entire world going on around us that mm-hmm. we're oblivious to and I'm trying to find it here. So how come he serves a few different purposes? My favorite one is the homunculus, (laughs) 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 which that's also a, a, they say it's the main objective behind it. And that making gold is just a byproduct. It's just, there's also, all right. So this story is about the rejection of the physical world in favor of the realm of forms, the immaterial world. And there's a story about this king, that finds sex with women repulsive the the story of solomon and Absal. and he finds women repulsive he doesn't like sex he doesn't like the process of sex and when you're a platonic sage you need to reject all of the worldly goods you need to separate yourself from that you're like you're a sort of a philosopher king you don't you can't benefit from society and he wanted a son he wanted an heir and he had a mystic who was his advisor and abstinence is also a part of being able to attain this higher consciousness, this, this higher state of being. So his mystic had originally told him, hey, abstain from sex. But the guy didn't like it anyways. Right. Who knows? Maybe he was gay. Who cares? Right. But he wanted to an heir, And, he's, and the, the mystic said, hey, well, let's create a son for you by artificial means. We can create a son. So lo and behold, they make a son and the son ends up falling in love with his caretaker right at the time, his nurse. Regardless of what his father told him, like, don't fall in love with this woman. You're going to be attached to the material world. Long story short, they try to, is almost like a Romeo and Juliet. They try to drown themselves. The, the son, Solomon and Absal. And a water spirit saves Solomon and takes him to the mystic. And the mystic goes, hey, I'm going to resurrect your, your lost love, your, your dead lover. I'm going to resurrect her. If you meditate with me, for 40 days, which is a symbolic number, in this cave. And once you do, I'll resurrect her for you. right? Necromancy, I'll, re- I'll bring her back. So he does the meditation, and the mystic starts to invoke Aphrodite. And I wrote all about this in the Occultus Mundi for those that, that oh, if you want to check it out. He resurrects, he, he starts to invoke Aphrodite. And as soon as Aphrodite comes and shows herself to Solomon. He falls in love with her and forgets about his other love. He's like, fuck her. I want to be with Aphrodite because she's so beautiful. And so at that time, he rejected all carnal desires and lust and everything for his other love. And he became the platonic sage that his father wanted him to become. And he took over the kingdom. And long story short, it's about rejecting the physical for the... World of forms, right? The the, the, yeah. the higher state of being, which if it's you really Odin's eye, Odin's eye, like the, the two crows, S-
1: the sacrificing of his eye mm. for, for wisdom. Oh, yes, yes.
2: I'd never, uh, I think I might have heard of that one, but I didn't because he has the two crows, right? Odin has the two crows, and one is like wisdom and and. Wisdom and yeah. something or other.
1: And they're, they're, the crows are apparently his, his, uh, familiars. Mm-hmm. So here we're going to bring it back to owls again. So check this shit out. One of the, the new things that I have, haven't been able to like parse yet. I'm still going through like trying to figure out what the hell's going on with this one. So my littlest owl, his name is Meriwether, right? He's, uh, he was the runt, he was the littlest one, the last one to to fledge, and the last one to leave the owl tree. Well, he's come back a few times, but now his uh, left eye is, uh, so owls, you know, have, have two different eyelids, one on the a top eyelid and a second eyelid that closes side to side, right?
2: What I didn't well, know that I don't know the yeah. anatomy of an owl. It's like alien. It's an alien.
1: Yeah, they're they're crazy the alien. Just, yeah, they're just they're magic, dude. They they're silent, they can hear things underground, like they're so their ears are offset. So one of the things, you know, when, when you see them move in their head, because their eyes are so big, one of the things they're doing is um because their eyes don't don't uh Manipulate like they're, they don't have ocular muscles. They have to move their head to really see everything. Right. So when they're, when they're moving their heads and stuff, they're 3d mapping everything that, that they're looking at. So if they're doing this to you, they're, they're tracking you, you know, they're trying to see where you're, they can see where like everything almost around you is because one thing is they're, their ears, they can also locate a lot better than we can because, because they are offset. So they can 3D map that shit as well. So it's so not only do they have like perfect vision, they're silent killers. They have knives for feet. You know, they're the only um, one of the only uh, humans killed by a, a bird was a uh, great Horned Owl. Also, um, those are huge, right? That was in Ar- Arkansas, I guess. Um, but uh, at any rate, going back to Meriwether, his, his secondary eyelid um, is sealed shut. Um, so I have a one-eyed owl that visits me now. And uh, I think he's been in a tussle with a bobcat because there's been some bobcats in in our tree. Yeah, there's there's one of them. Do you want me to pull up some video, dude? Because I can... You want to pull up owl pictures. Holmes.
2: Yeah, if you got some video, can you pull them up?
1: I got you, dude. Here, hang on. Let's see. Share. I don't know if I've done this on...
2: I'll just click share screen, share screen and then one. I'll bring it up. Because I've seen... The clips that you post on Instagram. But I had no idea about the... I know that they can catch prey in complete darkness. And yeah. they are able to see through the the dark. And it's not me. their hearing is crazy. And I've heard them... This podcast I was listening to, the guy said that he read a, 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 U, a YouTube comment. And he said that owls are bird hardware with cat software Mm. so it's like a like the cat version of a bird because they move real fluid like and usually when you see a bird they're real skittish and chickens walk with their with their (laughs) with their fucking heads (laughs) why do they do that why do chickens walk with their heads like they can't and when you pick when you pick a, a chicken up it's almost like a gyroscope you can turn them Flip them, and their head stays freaking
1: perfectly still,
2: it's like a gimbal. A,
1: whereas with the owl, it's the, the exact opposite. Like their body stays the same, and their head is really is moving around. Well, mm-hmm. they're they're the perfect predator. I mean, I they, I've seen some footage footage of owl ne- or of hawk nests where an owl will just come up and zip pull out a an adolescent hawk out of its nest and just eat it in the middle of the night. And they, they have no idea what happened. Not a clue.
2: Whoa, dude. What it's making me think. Cause you talked about how they're mapping this, this ethereal 3d map, essentially what they're doing. And it makes you wonder where we, as humans, we try to imitate nature. Natural magic is using nature and trying to, control the forces of nature and technology is essentially that we're trying to do things that animals already do by design that they were given to them by the creator, whatever that may be. Cause you know, when there's cars that give you a 3d map around the car, cause with all these cameras, well, the owl already does that by moving its head around and, and using whatever it is to, to observe you. He does that by design. And humans try to emulate that. And it's the Stephen Hawking's, Hawking, the, I don't have it in here, but the, the the virus quote that he says, where the only form of life that we've been able to, I'm paraphrasing it, emulate correctly has been the virus because it only destroys and it's made in our image because humans only destroy. And that's one of the things that I remember re- not myself repeating, but something in my head repeating over and over that we're a cancer. That we're a cancer. Humans are a cancer. And I remember mm-hmm. when I did mushrooms, I kept hearing that over and over again in my head. What was telling me? I don't know what was telling me, but something was. Maybe it was that, that we are a cancer. That we are a cancer. And I remember crying while I was <laughs> high on mushrooms. <laughs> crying <laughs> because the polar ice caps were melting and these animals had no habitat to go to and they were falling to their deaths the elephant seals go higher and higher looking for ice and it's a two-ton animal and when it gets to the tops of these cliffs they have nowhere to go dude. there's thousands and thousands and thousands of them and they fall to their they tumble to their death where they fall from like a two-story three-story height just tumbling down the rocks boom 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 dead and i remember seeing this dude blasted on mushrooms it's like, we did that. There you go. We did that. Humans did that. There you go.
1: This is just one of them. I just clicked on a random. But these are these are my last uh, bunch.
2: And th- this is a, a stationary camera? Or are you there holding it?
1: This is a stationary camera. This is a game cam that I, I ended up... I felt bad for bothering them every day. So I, I got a game cam... On a stick that I just put up there and just let it kind of run and uh, boy, it just observing their behavior in this kind of format in the wild, like with them not you know with without me there kind of talking about the observer effect mm-hmm. um, you know, I could definitely tell they they react differently when I'm there and when I'm not.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: So of course so I wanted to give them as much room as possible cuz these guys are just now fledging like right here this was I think beginning of May I think um they were just about to fledge
2: here That means that they're going to leave the nest
1: mm mm-hmm. Mhm they're going to fly to the ne- out of this nest This this nook is right next to where I park my car It's this little um it's a little concrete bunker that's six feet off the ground, and this whole facility used to be a uh, mining facility that is now uh, school district offices. And so, what type of mining? Well, they did all sorts of mining. They did. Uh, it was like an assay office where they did the uh, tests of the different minerals to tell the other mines what. Mm. Um, what was in what, you know, they would do lab work. Um, but uh, this, their home tree is just like maybe, I don't know, 20 feet from this right here. So they'll go from, from here, they'll jump out a six foot drop and there's a little, a little yard out there where they do this a lot and then get their wings up and, They'll fly to the tree their parents tree um, and just s- spend the next three or four months there which is where we're at right now um, they don't come back much anymore but they do come back these these babies and they um, I've seen a lot of other owls in our area and I'm not sure how many of those are my babies because I've had three sets now. Damn. Um, the first first year was three. Second year was four, which was extremely rare apparently. And then year after that, they didn't have any. So check this shit out. Talking talk about intention. So there's a, a 5G tower just right down the way, right right across from where their home tree is. When they turned on the 5G, they didn't, the owls left, and they didn't have babies. So I got a bunch of that orgone from Mitch, the orgone donor. Mm-hmm. And I gifted that tower on a Friday. The next Monday, the owls were back. Really? This next spring, which was last April, which is these pictures, these are my, the new babies,
2: Whoa. And what type of owl is this? These are great horned. Great horned
1: owls? Yep. Which are also called tiger owls. If you look at their feathers, they have a, they have like stripes.
2: Oh, that's dope. But they don't get their horns. as the horns a certain, is it a male, female type of thing? Or do they all get it? Because these don't have their horns yet.
1: These don't have their horns. They all get it. But the males will be a little bit smaller. The females are larger. The one in our neighborhood here is probably at least at least three feet from probably horn to tail. She's big, and um, the males are about two and a half feet tall. And the
2: the owl is used a lot in mythology and sometimes they say that the the bohemian grove right is a huge owl (laughs) and that they burn an effigy in front of it and all this stuff because because again do you know anything about the owl mythology that you can share with us of why maybe they they're what would you say not worship but revered or something and secret societies
1: they were very, the wiz, wisdom, above all things, um, that wisdom itself, like the knowing is their God. Um, mm. I think the, the whole, uh, cremation of care thing, I, I think that's probably mythology, but they do worship the owl as a symbol for, for wisdom because it has been it's
2: Minerva's owl though. Right
1: right well minerva hecate um it's also uh helen mm. um it's all throughout tons of of mythologies um they're looking to that one there is looking to to jump i think this was like the day before so watching their behaviors is interesting to me to go back he's
2: bobbing his head back and forth he's just sizing yeah. it up
1: He's mapping, mapping out his landing right there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, it's no mistake at all that they, how they have always been throughout, like, native uh, mythologies, too, that they skirt the spiritual and the material. Like, they're the travelers, the, the traversers between the realms, you know? Um, and they come back with with wisdom, like it, 100%, I can, I can totally see it. And if they hadn't shown up in my life at, at the right time, I would say, you know, maybe I could say it was coincidence, but I can't. Like this is, this is beyond lead. It's beyond synchro mystic. I mean, we use this term a lot, but I mean, this is nature showing us, hey, this is the right way, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're on, you're on your right path.
2: Well, talk about a word that we throw around, right? We throw around synchromysticism and synchronicities mm-hmm. around. Like it's, it's nothing, but I was fishing the other day, maybe about a month and a half ago. It's been too damn hot outside to do anything. But I remember listening to a podcast and, one of the people said Nature is psychedelic Looking at nature seeing, Observing nature is psychedelic And I was grilling out We had just finished fishing And I was grilling out with my cousin And it was just us At the boat ramp In front of this Lake Kissimmee One of the biggest lakes here in central Florida And I was listening to music I remember turning the music off And just looking out into the into the water and looking out into the horizon. We had just packed everything up and just taking it in because nature is psychedelic. Just looking there, just smelling the air and listening to the sounds of the birds and whatever else was there. That was psychedelic. And I don't think that we, you know, you mentioned earlier that people don't have time to notice these things in our lives And I think that's by design. I think that's the system that we've been put in where they make it that way. So you don't give a shit about looking around. You don't care about noticing the things that these little little breadcrumbs that life leaves for you at times, right? Because that's essentially what it is. like, oh, a piece of candy. Oh, you're on the right path because you're finding the pieces of candy. The pieces of candy are the synchronicities or whatever it is that you may... You can either, and that's the, that's the beautiful part about it. Cause Carl Jung said they can mean a hundred different things to you. The, the synchros, or it could be utter bullshit and you don't have to take it for anything. And that's the beauty because you can choose to see it and interpret it back again to that gnosis, whatever it may mean to you. These owls to you change your life, but for somebody else,
1: They're just owls. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, it's an owl, and that and that's (laughs) fine for that person, I guess. You know, but
2: it's what you make of it. It's what you make of the experience, and exactly. I think that's the beautiful part. And I and I I sat there, turned my music off, and I just looked at nature. And as I said, that it started to thunder outside. (laughs) I looked at (laughs) nature because it's beautiful. And I feel that we don't take it in enough, you know what I mean,
1: and we don't give it gratitude,
2: we don't give it gratitude, yeah absolutely I think
1: I think doing ceremonies for gratitude is a very important thing and and not because you're you're doing it because nature needs it, you're doing it because you need it. Mm-hmm. you need to have this exchange with nature um, you know one of the the other things that really changed a lot of what how I feel psychedelic about nature is, was a daily practice of grounding, like doing a breathing practice and then hands, hands in the dirt grounding, you know, because you can feel that energy transfer when you're, uh, I think my video stopped. So, so when, it's still going. Oh, it is still going. This is great. I just picked something. It was just
2: yeah, he's, he's just they're dope. They they're just, yeah they're just hanging out
1: <laughs> um but yeah like sticking your hands in the dirt and i realized something i was talking to uh lehman dollins was on uh the spiders one night and i he and i i think had had this discussion before but it really didn't resonate with me until until it came back around again you know that it's also I don't think an accident that this tree that um, is their home tree is my meditation tree is uh, um, an acacia and acacias have DMT mm-hmm. a natural DMT it's a burning
2: in Bush and Moses.
1: Yeah. So I had had this pretty trippy experiment experience on a, the third day of a fast and meditating and I think it might have been like the whole, you know, meditating under that tree. The whole, you know, because you can feel the energy uh, of a tree. That whole, it's it's a circular to- toroid field too. It's, you know,
2: yeah, it's got a field around it. That's how it knows to grow to a certain point in the the, the way the, the the leaves are shaped. I actually have that term pulled up on my phone here, but it's called. I'll tell you right now, it's called a morphogenic field right and we have that yeah mm -hmm. it's
1: an aura it's an aura your your body is a reflection of the magnetic earth which Mm -hmm. is that toroidal field which is your 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 center your spine you know your your energy is out here and i mean they've proven over and over again that the mind is not in your brain your mind is actually external
2: yeah receiver of consciousness
1: right exactly the
2: brain is a receiver of consciousness Mm -hmm.
1: so our being is not just this i mean we're convinced that we are material beings and we are but we are both those things we are spiritual and the material at the same time so we're you're actually seeing things as in between those things right um, I also think that owls are a hint to that as well. You look at their face; they have the sh- their eyes have the same shape as a toroidal field, as the same as an apple.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look like little apple faces. Yeah, <laughs> and they're just, so they, I, they just sit there all day doing that.
1: <laughs> so this is this is a daytime shot. A so about every two hours, uh, mom will come and feed them a shit ton. They ate so much I couldn't believe. Like, see all those little white dots on there? Mm-hmm. Those aren't. That's not gravel. Those are bones. Oh shit! Um, she will feed them constantly. There were there was a whole roadrunner in here at one point, point. <laughs> and they ate it. Wow! So it's it. It was a pretty cool thing to watch them all night long. Like just, they would, you know, hunt hunt, catch and feed them, hunt, catch and feed them all night long.
2: And it was you said there was four generations of owls so far that you were that you saw.
1: Three, three that three clutches that I've I've watched. Here we go. Here's a night nice shot. I bet you she'll start coming now. So she, uh, she Gwen, is the is the matriarch. I've named her, and Peter's the male, and he. You can hear him in the background of. If you go to my YouTube, there's tons of more of this, but you can hear the male in the background calling to her, um, like if there's a predator around. You can you can hear them doing the little call and response, and she'll. You know the kids will jump and look and it's almost like they're telling them hey look out for such and such right here and they will look at a certain in a certain direction so there's there is a language also
2: yeah and it's something about an owl what do they what do they call hooting or hooing (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: they call it hooting but
2: there's something about that it's like magical in itself right or I we, think so. When you hear yeah. one in the wild, because I don't really hear them a lot, and every now and again I'll have one outside my window. And you told me, well, they're trying to tell you something.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. When they do that, <laughs> you know that kind of thing, they're telling you something. When it's when it's that low kind of like they're trying to talk to you. When they're clacking, that means get away. You know when they're when they're saying. <laughs> That kind of thing. Yeah. There's a male and a female call. I think the male is four and the female is six. But there's a who, 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 who for the, for the male that's lower and hers is a little higher. I think hers is like a who, who,
0: who, who. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I've I've heard it. So you can hear them talk to each other too, which is actually how I found they were, they were following me because one of the other things uh i do all the time is walk and i walk the desert at night right so and i'm not positive that these these neighborhood owls aren't the babies from a previous uh clutch they might be but I, there have been owls around here for years so i'm not sure if there's there are different ones but they follow me they came here to my house on eleven eleven. 11 in fact <laughs> And, uh,
2: the day you got sober, right?
1: Yeah. Well, the anniversary of that as well, they've, I've documented it on my YouTube also that cause I was, I was actually editing one of their videos and I hear this bang, whew, like the big heavy, you know, one that shook the house. So they were on my chimney banging on the, oh, here you go. Here's her feeding them. Oh, wow. Is that a mouse? But they would, yeah, a mouse, yeah. So they'll bang, come on and bang on my chimney and then hoot down it to get my attention. <laughs> and I I went running out and there they were. There was the male and the female right together. Uh, would one, you, on one chimney and on the other.
2: Would you say, because the whole thing with Mothman, right? It's almost like an owl mothman and they say that mothman shows up when there's something bad about to happen would you say that the owls are a bad omen or they're maybe in between they're they're neutral in their selection they're just there to notify you even if it is good or bad about what's going to happen because again mothman is supposedly seen only before something bad happens do you think that they come regardless of what, either good or bad or whatever it may mean to you. And they come and they did their job as a Hermes to notify you or as a, whatever it may be, By they call them the messengers.
1: The messenger, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I don't know about Mothman. I've, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that I've experienced a Mothman.
2: Oh, I haven't either, well, but the as the lore goes.
1: As the lore goes, yeah. I, I mean, they're definitely a, a harbinger of something, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, it is in a lot of Native American myth, and, and in, like, Oracle cards, they say it's rebirth, and it's new life, and it symbolizes... Um, a death of illusion, that all illusions go away and you see yourself as you are for the first time, um, that they're the ones that show you. In Hopi myth, this is really interesting. So in Hopi, Kachinas, they're a great horned owl. I think it's called a ma'agua. And he comes and straightens out the clowns. So when you see Hopi kachinas and they have like, there's like clowns that have like uh, cones sticking out of their heads and like things coming off and they're in striped outfits and they're usually eating watermelon. Mm -hmm. And these are the drunks. And um, the myth is that Magua comes and, And sobers up, beats the shit out of the, out of the clowns and, and gets them to sober up and to be part of life again, to rebuild their own lives, to stop becoming the clown.
2: Do you think this relates to the DMT elves? The jokers that everybody talks about? The the machine elves? The machine elves, yeah. I don't, you
1: know, I don't know. I, I try to see the magic for how it is and not through other people's eyes, which is why I haven't read Mike Clelland's book yet. Um I wanna experience them with as much magic as like is naturally being presented to me mm-hmm. and without any um any kind of Tint, you know, like if it's alien or whatever. I that that was the one thing that's always like alien has always bugged me Mm -hmm. because I do think there is alien, but what everybody or what culture wants you to think are alien or not alien.
2: Oh, everything's ancient aliens nowadays, bro. It's the aliens Ah. built it, the aliens did it. Well, that's why I interviewed Jared, Jared Murphy, where he talks, he wrote a book. It's not aliens. Worse, it's us. Yeah, (laughs) And he talks about the entire history of man being more powerful and they lead us on to believe by inserting all these crazy mythologies and all these crazy things. Well, how you said at the end of the day, we were created in the image of God, right? So we do have that divine spark within us. We are able to... Put that divineness into the things that we make; hence, art. That's why art is magic. It's it. Br- I've noticed that when I when I do art and I put things out into the world, either with the podcast, whatever it may be, I'm synchronistically charged like a motherfucker after putting out a comic book or something. It's like a hyper sigil of whatever it may be, and things just. I mean, I've manifested things, things have just, it's really psychedelic. (laughs) Psychedelic is the only way I can put it.
1: Are you starting to feel, you know, you're talking about this homunculus. Are you starting to feel the connection? Like when people are thinking about you?
2: If I I am, I'm not able to discern it.
1: Cause there's the connection when we put something of ourselves out there. Like any, anytime we have these, these deep conversations, we are putting a creation out there. Mm-hmm. So you're right. This is, this is an art that we are, this is Gwen also, by the way, she's the matriarchal badass. I love that owl so much.
2: Oh, she's got um, her horns there. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I keep, I always distracted by owls, man. Every time. <laughs> um, But yeah, like I think, you know, the more we acknowledge the woo, the more we can experience it. You know, um, Robert Lanza has had this book called uh, Biocentrism. I think he's got like two other versions now, but it's kind of like a scientific basis for what Gnosticism and uh, uh, simulation theory kind of go off of but he doesn't call it simulation theory he he calls it biocentrism and that everything happens because we observe it Mm Like it is the the ultimate observer effect that nothing actually is happening that the only thing that's happening is is us observing it and interpreting it right Mm -hmm. yeah and it ended there (laughs) yeah that's good thank you um yeah, but, it's uh, it's what I said
2: earlier. It's the way you perceive things. That uh, the way that things are perceived is the,
1: the which means that we're the creator.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the ultimate, the ultimate thing. And I and I've always said that Pythagoras said all is number. That would insinuate that it's binary code, which would hint at it being a simulation. And then it would, that not only that, but it would hint that, that there is a creator. So I consider myself an emanationist. And I think that maybe perhaps we, maybe we aren't gods, right? How a lot of people say we are, but maybe we're programs that are able to do our certain thing within the program. So within the operating system, which is Microsoft, for example, or maybe a Microsoft word where we're able to do our own thing in that system. And affect what we can affect within our realm. Because just how a computer program, there are rules or parameters that you must adhere to. And the magicians are the ones that are able to break out of that code and glitch the matrix, right? It, they're the ones that are able to do much more than than meets the eye. And that's why I love Al-Kindi, which is an... He was an Arabic philosopher and polymath and and this one of the greatest minds and he contributed to optics where he said that everything is light. We are all light and we are outputting light right now out and the way that your light interacts with my light. So the way your aura interacts with my aura produces an effect in the ether. Now the ones that are able to manipulate that light are the magicians. I think that's what magic is. The ones that are able to manipulate the mm-hmm. light that is being off put by everything. I know we didn't talk about the, the mystic bible. Maybe we can talk about that next time.
1: <laughs> well, no, that that is just I mean, these is this is how synchronicity works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Randolph Stone, he who wrote the Mystic Bible, um, his whole thing, he calls it a holy shabb. And that the holy shabbed is the logos, the vibration mm-hmm. that uh, is source that the vibration that created creation, you know, um, which is also a vibration, which is also light. Mm-hmm. So he he sees no uh, difference in. And it, I can sum it sum the whole book in up in like five minutes because it's it's this it's holy shabbd. Everything is made up of of uh, light and vibration. Everything is a sound and a wave, um, so and we know that radio is a light and a wave, and like there's no difference between them. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm really getting into this thing where um, I had this idea not that long ago that because cymatics have always been a huge thing for me, and if everything is sound, and, and the creation, you know, even the biblical creation was with a word, right? It has to be, and if if there is no chicken or egg to sound and matter, right, then maybe if we could change the cymatic or control the cymatic itself, the shape of the cymatic itself creates the sound instead of the sound creating the cymatic. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So check this shit out.
2: So you're able to manipulate reality. You're able to manipulate what sound what frequency it would output cuz well, that's cuz right? everything is putting out light which is frequency so yeah it makes sense I, I get what you're trying to say
1: yeah so so i'm going through this uh shamanic book of the, the islander island nations right this is called children of the rainbow uh pre-christian hawaii and i'm going through these these uh pictures mm they're mandalas they're, they're kind of like a mandala. They, mm-hmm. call them, uh, they call them the different crosses. And mm-hmm. each one has a different um, aspect of God or gods, right? And so this is like force of creation. Um, uh, eye of God something like this, right? Yeah. So this is what original Hawaiian shirts were. They were like these kind of designs. Or sigils, you know? yeah. <laughs> they are exactly, that is exactly right. But as you keep going, like they they look like flowers. And that's why they
2: put those type of things in cathedrals too, bro, because they that's warp right. people's realities real time. I love talking about that shit.
1: That's absolutely right. But if you keep going, like these are just. It looks like to stained look glass like. or in, or uh, Hopi uh, sand paintings.
2: Mm hmm. Well I've never seen Hopi sand paintings but they they got the idea from somewhere right and I mean the indigenous right. people were here way before anybody from, else
1: it all comes from the same space I think we understood that that sound was a healing mechanism or creating mechanism do
2: you do and know that cats don't get cancer on any of their organs in like in the center they only get cancer on their paws and stuff because of the the purring that they do is at a certain hertz at a certain frequency that promotes healing
1: and there's a healing to to cats yeah that's why people Mm
2: -hmm. you know when when somebody is sick or something the cats will sit on them and they'll purr although the study is that cats don't get get cancer on any of their their interior organs only their you know the their their further away extremities from their body and when a cat is sick terminally ill with whatever else they'll sit there and they'll just purr until they die because they go into this endless purr or something some crazy shit bro (laughs) i am so
1: glad this went there because because this is brings me up to the thing i've been working on which is uh throat singing and trying to work that into my meditation
2: really like mongolian
1: yeah well every Every uh, shamanic culture has a throat singing. Really? Every shamanic tradition has some sort of throat singing like the Tuvan's, the Indians, the uh Native Americans, the uh Mongolians, uh the uh I can't remember. Anyway. But it's a I think that it's a uh one of those things that sets you over the edge in meditation. And I've been using it in kind of healing meditations to, I think it works like a charm. If I could teach anybody to do it, if I could get to a point where I could teach people to do it, then it'd be pretty great. But I'm almost to the point where I can do two notes at one time. So you breathe from, you know, your deep, deep, deep belly. And you sort of, but you... You don't make the sounds with your vocal cords you make it with the folds of your in your throat and you manipulate the air around it to make another note so let me I'll try see if I can do it but
2: <clears throat> can't do it you almost got it Not though today. dude it sounds I'll, I'll, like I'll, you I'll, almost
0: got
2: it.
1: <laughs> So that has also been part of a that kind of throat singing when you're in a A really smooth meditative state and you add that it almost puts you in a um i don't know how else it's a healing mode Mm -hmm. it's a self-healing mode Mm -hmm. that i really feel like that vibration like it really because it not only resonates through yourself but if you're grounded you're you're resonating through the earth itself too Mm -hmm. and there's this exchange um when you do that and it's hard for me to, to articulate yet because I'm still, I still do it. I'm still kind of like figuring that out. But um, there's a reason why they've done it throughout millennia, you know? The uh, Tengarism is one of the oldest religions. They're the one, the Mongolians with it, that keep the eagles, you know? Mm-hmm. Where they have a, uh, almost a Dagda kind of, idea of a nature spirit that every individual has to um, get one with nature to, to be able to um, work with nature and not against nature. And every individual is kind of for themselves is really kind of what I feel like we were being told that we should have been doing all along. Oh, nature is king. And we've, we keep for, forgetting that we're not the top of the heat.
2: Mm-hmm. Nature is King nature. There are things out there that will rip you apart with their fucking face. And there, <laughs> there, there are birds with how you said barbed wire for hands. Yeah, so when you start to forget about that, nature will sometimes put you in its place, in, in your place, Right. I was saying, yeah, yeah, you know
1: this. You're from Florida, dude. <laughs> yeah,
2: there are things out here who would literally, yeah, the, the ground is is forever moving. And I, I, you're actually missing the one-string instrument that the Mongolians use. And I and there was nights where I would sit for hours and listen to Mongolian throat singing because it's like something therapeutic about it. And there's yeah. actually Mongolian rock music, too. I don't know if you've heard about yeah. that. It's like heavy metal. But yeah, I actually tried learning for, for a while the technique. And I remember like fucking my throat up because I was trying to do the same thing, and it's like, yeah, yeah, it can really uh, wreak havoc on your throat. But it's 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 really amazing in how you're saying there are these lost practices of the, all these other cultures that have been lost not only through the church dogma and all these other things because it yeah. pushes out all these. If it's not related to the church, it's it's evil. It's Satan. It's the devil. It's demonic. Right, we're growing up Pentecostal Christian, that's what everything mm-hmm. else has been
1: same here, bro. You know, they, that's they, how I was programmed.
2: Acupuncture. It's like, oh, that's demonic. Well, it's well, it's natural right. healing. What are you talking? What do you mean? You know what I mean? It's, it's if it works, it works. <laughs> so Gordia, this has been amazing, bro. Uh, I really enjoyed our conversation today. Did you wanna add any closing thoughts on
1: on anything? Ah, you know, it's a constant conversation. We don't stop these conversations. We just keep going. That's what I love about doing these things is that like you'll come on the spiders and like, we'll have these separate conversations. Like we can text each other now. Like these communities are pretty cool. And if uh, I would encourage anybody who hears this, get involved, you know, go on Juan's telegram, Get on the Weaving Spiders telegram, watch us during a chat live, you know, get in there and participate because we're always doing it, man. And this is the work we're to actually put ourselves out there and do it. This is the work and we are seeing benefits. I mean, nature is changing. Nature is changing. We are influencing nature by giving it love. Like the jaguars are coming back to my Santa Rita Mountains right here. We're getting three eyed tree ops coming out of the ground. We've got fireflies in Arizona for the first time ever. Like last year they showed up, and I thought for sure it was like an anomaly that somebody had brought them. Fireflies,
2: the ones that light we're
1: up. We're getting, yeah, we're getting fireflies in Arizona in Tucson. I have lived here my whole life. I was born in Tucson. Lived a bunch of places, but always come back. So I know the desert well. And I know that this stuff didn't happen when I was a kid for sure. And it's only started happening last two years. The desert is changing, and we're having a rewilding. And I'm here for it. It's cool. Right on. So enjoy it.
2: So get, get involved. Out there,
1: yep. Get involved. Get outside get some sun on your skin chances are you need vitamin d stop eating shit you know love yourself enough to eat eat something that's good you know just to make your own food like get in the kitchen and you know start start everything everything from scratch with raw ingredients nothing processed just just get in there and Make a meditative process of that, because you because you care about yourself. Finally, I mean, I care about my. I finally care about myself for once, which has been amazing. It's it's been fifty years coming, but if I could tell anybody to start that process now, you know, in your, I don't know how how old you are, one or anybody else that twenty eight you're. Your, your spring chicken homes <laughs> dude i'm so envious that you have such a, a head start though you're on your way to doing like cool shit, man i hope so <laughs> good for you bro
2: i'm doing cool shit now that i'm talking to you
1: dude your comics and stuff there you're making cool shit. you're putting good shit out into the world and it'll come back And every time you hear an owl or see those weird numbers and synchronicities, that's source telling you, you know what? Keep going, bro.
2: Mm -hmm. On the right timeline. Absolutely. On the right track. Do you want to plug anything else while we were here, Gordy?
1: Uh, Weaving Spiders Welcome Saturday nights. uh, It's Weaving Spiders Web's channel now. Um, Gordy Two Shoes on Instagram. Gordy Tushy's YouTube channel. Um, Keeping, you know, when Marvelous Demystifiers show up on Interverse, it's always a blast. Um, I will show up on a Vibrant from time to time. And you have to come back on Spiders again. That's how it is.
2: Yeah. yeah it's, it's long overdue. I've been, honestly, I've been trying to stay away from big group shows because I feel like I sometimes can't get my thoughts out. Uh, coherently, <laughs> and then oh, the awkward real. silences that you love, <laughs> 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 the awkward silences that you embrace. I always just sit, just sit in it there, and let people be all uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm. Savor uh, that shit, man.
2: I love it. I love it, Gordy. This was <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Make, I'll, I'll put your your Instagram in the description for anybody that wants to hit you up, and. For those listening, make sure you don't, you're not going to want to miss yes. this. Occultist Monday, the hidden world, what we were talking about today. Pretty much that there's a world outside of our comprehension. I'm going to get a lot of great minds. Mm-hmm. Gordy, I want you to write an article for us in this. And yeah. So thank thank yeah, you man. all those who listened. And Gordy, thank you again for coming on, bro. I really enjoyed our conversation.
1: Thank you. I look forward wow. to doing it again. Bro. You too, brother.